Boxing Now Podcast, episode three. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Episode three. I am one of your hosts, that dude named Dave, and next to me, I have my main man, Jorge. How's it going, man? Episode three. Hold on, say it again. Episode, episode three. three. Oh yes. Sounds so good, don't it? Yes. We're still here, baby. Still here. Still they here. They ain't canceled us yet. No cancel culture. No, no, no. But we know what those? We haven't had a cancel culture moment yet. It might come. We got big miles. I don't think it might. I think it will. Mm. Over under episode six, maybe? I'll say under. I've been pretty good right now because while we were just talking, podcasts is kind of hard, but it's fun. And I'm enjoying myself. And I'm speaking in staccato. And I'm acting like Stuart. And I'm going, I'm going to stop right now. Let me I watched a Family Guy recently. Don't so. watch it. Uh, but po- I've done several podcasts. I currently have a podcast that I'm doing right now jump off live but as an ensemble it's four of us you know it's just me and you right now doing mm-hmm. this here so when you dwindle the numbers to do a show like this what we're trying to do here not just audio but a video show it's it has a lot of work to it but you know what though i'm happy i'm doing this with you right now man yeah no like we talked a moment ago uh this is uh, a lot of fun and when you work with someone that you enjoy working with that we've done in the past uh it's gonna be a lot of fun it's always a lot of fun back then in our, our working days so Doing the podcast with you now is uh, a lot more fun. Yeah, so let's get the particulars out the way. Uh, I want everybody, I'm demanding, like and subscribe to our YouTube page, Boxing Now Podcast, all right? Like and subscribe. Smash the like button, guys. If you don't, I'm going to think you're a hater, okay? It's just real simple. You click like. You ain't got to watch every episode, even though we want you. But like and subscribe. We need your help. So jump off live. I mean, that's my other show. Boxing Now Podcast. I keep doing that. Boxing Now Podcast. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Boxing Now Podcast on YouTube. Also on Facebook and on Twitter, Boxing Now. Um, also the website, BoxingNowOnline.com, under construction, but we parked it. Still good. Save as a bookmark. Do your thing there. Also, like I was just saying, there are my other podcasts on Wednesdays, live streaming, 8 p.m., jump off live. Also on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube uh instagram we're all over the place there jump off live so that's the other brand there jorge uh live underscore dominoes on twitch tv uh streaming on tuesdays thursdays and saturdays at 8 p.m uh for the next two weeks i'll be streaming on tuesdays and saturdays only uh skipping christmas eve and new year's eve to be with uh family so uh we'll be streaming on those hours the next weeks live underscore dominoes on twitch that's what's up here so we got the particulars out the way. I was talking about how podcasts can be hard, how park podcasts can be fun, but I'm doing a show that I like is boxing. Love boxing, man. Love we, boxing, great sport. I got it. We gotta like boxing to do a freaking podcast on it. The debate is just as much fun as the actual watching the sport, right? So we watch the sport and we have different perspectives, different points of views, and that's what makes this great the sport great because it's not just so much the fight, it's the discussion afterwards. Exactly, because fights are so far in between, so all you have is the banter, the information you have from previous fights, uh, the debates, you know, from the history of the fighters, mm-hmm. and normally, like you said, that is what juices us to buy fights. Mm-hmm. We see that and it's like, okay, 
I am amped. I'm ready. I want to see two guys beat the living crap out of each other. Right? Absolutely. You know, and then we get to fight, and it's like, ugh, 36 minutes of crap. Sometimes it can be Sometimes. 36 minutes of crap, but if you're attentive, you're paying attention, and along the way, you find a reason to disagree about a score. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we disagreed a lot. <laughs> we had that. Yeah. We had that in the pre meeting. <laughs> yeah. Before we get to that, let's talk the first fight this weekend. The Triple G fight, yes. We didn't talk about it in pregame, but we call it pregame, what we do before we hit the record button. Yep. But there was not much to talk about with Triple G in the pregame. Really, I, 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 I mean, we to, just got to, we have to talk about it because it leads to the next fight. But there was eh. nothing there. There was nothing there. I, I, I'll be honest. I was uh, playing poker on Friday. I had the fight on, uh, playing poker and playing some dominoes. And uh, with the occasional look to see what was happening. I, all I saw was Triple G dominating a guy that I expected him to dominate, and and the knockout was a result, and he basically quit on his share. So let's tell the people here, he fought Camille Suramita, and I pronounced that wrong. I know I did, but I just want to give the fans to know who he's fighting. He was the IBF mandatory. So for our any of our boxing newbies who are wondering, um, all four sanctioning bodies, as I mentioned, and uh, we mentioned in our previous episodes, that they have mandatory... Uh, fighters who are ranked and then eventually then they come due and they have to fight them that's how you know lower named guys get their opportunity at a yep. title shot otherwise name brand guys who've been fighting champions all the time or getting those opportunities will constantly be fighting so it's a good way to keep you know fighters honest keep people to get their opportunity but the IBF be giving some janky 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 mandatories and Camille is a I know I'm pronouncing it. I'm just going to say Camille because it looked like Camille. But he's a solid guy, has heart, world-class status against a old Triple G. Shouldn't have been the ring, Jorge. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think the problem <laughs> with the current middle-of-the-road rankings for, like, say, welterweight, middleweight, heavyweight, we had the discussion the other, on the last episode, is a lot of the middle-tier fighters have either moved up in weight or they're just not that good. Yeah, I mean, that's the situation that we have there. So, I mean, I was watching that fight. I tried, well, I, how about, let's put it this way. I tried to watch the fight. Same here. And he dominated. And let me ask you this here, if you agree with me or not. I know that maybe Triple G may have looked past him. It's been over a year since he fought. He will be 39 in April. He didn't look that good again. I mean, he won. I mean, you look good as you're supposed to for a knockout. But, and he got the job done. I see the last two fights major slippage in Triple G. Well, okay, so I'll see. So he's he's showing his age. I'll say this: he's showing his age, but he's not showing his age to the point where I'm not a believer in his ability to win a fight. Uh, there's other fights in the past where I can't name the fighters, but I can recall seeing him kind of giving up a round or two because it just looked too dominant, and maybe he didn't want to hurt the guy that hard. The other guy's staying away. He knows he can beat him. He knows he can knock him out in that round. Um, and it's basically just taking it easy on the guy. Doesn't go all the way to 12 rounds, but he does knock him out eventually because the, eventually the ref is seeing what's going on. He mm -hmm. sees what's happening. He sees the other fighters that want to engage. So at some point, the fighter gets a punch or two and, and either just and they just call it off. Either the, the corner throws in the towel or the ref just calls it off. So I'm glad the ref stopped that. I mean, the, the round had ended. They went to the corners, and it was it was a wrap. Yeah, it was over with. I mean, it was like a combination of the corner and the ref saying, okay, I, I think you're done. And they're like, yeah. yeah, we're done here. You know, and 
it got Triple G the, the cobwebs off. You know, um, ring rust is a real thing. Yep. So you add the fact that we had COVID this year, so there was no major fights. Who knows what Triple G was actually able to do, you know, as far as, like, you know, we're being told to social distance. Because we've seen a lot of athletes in other sports not take care of their bodies. Exactly. So, you know, and then you add the fact he's 38. So you, you're happy to see a top-notch fighter get the ring rust off. I'm saying there's slippage because the fight before that, I can't think of the guy's name, but he just fought Jamel Charlo recently, and Charlo gave him a beatdown. It was a, it was it was you know he was competitive. Once Charlo got his juices, it wasn't even close. I'm saying Triple G lost that fight. The same guy that Charlo beat convincingly, Triple G lost that fight. He got a gift. It happens. Superstars get gifts all the time. You know he was competitive. I mean you can watch the fight a different way and say yeah Triple G could have won. I watched that a couple of times. Like nah, he lost that fight. He didn't look like himself. He fought a rough and rugged guy who had the same speed as him. What didn't didn't have any flashy stuff and. You know, it is what it is. And so once again here with this fight here, he got the job done. Prime Triple G would took him out in the third or fourth round. Now, he took him out in the seventh round. He's like, Dave, you're nitpicking. But he will be 39. He does not have a lot left in the register for the big time fights because he's no longer in his prime now. He will get the big fights, but the prime is over. He's 38. He's been in wars. He's not a guy who fights like Hopkins. You know, box, box, defense, Mayweather, you know, slip. Philly shell defense. No, he's in the pocket and he's taking, he takes punches to throw punches. Mm-hmm. So he won. I'm happy it is. It sets up possibly for something in the future that we'll talk about. But I am clearly seeing the fact that there is slippage and that he is primed for another loss. I think with Triple G, what's going on is, and I think if you look at the totality of his career, he hasn't had really many, any major wars. I think to me, he's only had three total that I can think off the top of my head, which would be the two Canelo fights and the Daniel Jacobs fight. I think those were his roughest fights that he's had up to date. And I think the rounds, he hasn't piled up what I would call like war rounds, right? Rounds where he's had to really engage with somebody for the full distance of the 12 rounds. So I think in my mind, he's still got something left in the tank. I think this, with this fight and this year, I think he was getting rid of the ring rust. With that previous fight, I'd have to watch it but I, hey, look, there's going to be certain fighters that are going to come up and they're going to be game, right? All the, some fighters are going to come up and they're going to be just live for the fight, game for the fight. And you're right, maybe Triple G just wasn't amped up for this fight. And why would you be amped up? You had two fights with Canelo and you're looking towards the third fight and you didn't, and, and that fight had never, never occurred, right? So your mind might be elsewhere and you just weren't live for this, you weren't up for this fight, right? And in, in this case, the judges, you know, if I watch the fight and I and I, and I end up watching and, I, and I'll end up agreeing with you like he maybe should have lost that fight, possibly what it would have been is just the judges gave them the round, them the benefit of the doubt. They want this guy around because he's a good fighter. He's good for the game of boxing. And I think at the same time, if the other guy ain't doing enough to beat Triple G. Let me check in. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. I'm, no, I'm, no, no, I'm, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm using the bell. I'm coming. I'm cutting you off. Cut that damn. You know what? I'm cutting you off. Just because you don't have the button doesn't mean you own the damn button. I'm the engineer, damn it. You got one button. You think you know what? We're gonna fix that. We're yeah, gonna fix yeah. That. Get your get your own get Post your own game. board. Po- get your board. own board. I'm bringing my own board. I'm bring bringing my own board. board. <laughs> no, <laughs> I I had to do this. <laughs> I had this level set here. Triple G looked good for the last couple of fights outside of that fight. And the reason why I say that though, because the fight that we both agree, the second Canelo fight, we both agreed that was a draw. Mm-hmm. We didn't agree that the first fight was a draw. It should have been the second fight, right? Yep. So. The one thing I say is that Canelo took Triple G's power in the pocket for 12 rounds and didn't run. 
He is the first man. I'm not saying Triple G is Superman. He is the first man that says, forget this cape. Forget this. He's this all-powerful monster who walks guys down, and he can, he can eat up three of your shots, and he lands one on the top of your head, and it's over. He, sat, he didn't do that the first fight. He was in the pocket that entire fight, and we both agreed it should have been a draw, but he took Triple G's power and says, I am here, and I am still here. Now, Triple G a couple years ago, like especially the first fight, the pocket, he would have hurt Canelo. We saw it in the first fight. He yep. didn't stay in the pocket. But Canelo saw something like, nah, I can do this this time. Then you add the fight that I just mentioned, too, who Charlo beat the crap out of. I, I wish I, I should have wrote it. I'm sorry for my notes, people. So I missed that one. But Charlo gave him a beat down. And then we got this one here where that he won but didn't. You can have not good-looking wins. You get it. In the record book, it shows, yeah, you got the win. Another record, you know, title defense. But there are sometimes there are wins like, yeah, he won, but... I don't feel too hot right now. Yeah, I, I think that... Does, does that I, make sense? Where I, I, coming from? I, I, I hear what you're saying because, I mean, at the end of the day, you can look at a lot of good fighters, championship fighters, great fighters, who are going to have some fights, you know, a sprinkle, two, three fights, where they're just like, you know... You but know, he's we 38 won. now, though. So, so in this case... Three straight fights and in your late 30s. Uh, well, that's the thing, right? That so, you don't look your best. Now, if, it's one thing if I'm just nitpicking one fight from three, three fights. It goes, he looked bad that fight, but his next two look good. No, but... Three fights he hasn't looked triple G. And I, now I, he's gonna be thirty nine in April. I think I think the most triple G of the triple G fights of, of the fights would be the first Canelo fight. That was his most triple G, and that was the most that I Canelo, think that's the last of his prime. That, I'm gonna say that right now. That that, fr that first Canelo Triple G fight, I'm gonna say is the last that we saw of Triple G's at, at, full potential prime. I think the power he had on the first fight had enough Canelo, had enough for Canelo to tear him away. Canelo didn't engage with them as often as he did in the second fight. Canelo should have—I mean, uh, Canelo should have lost that fight in the first. The first fight it shouldn't have been a draw. Second fight, I'm with you on this one though. Canelo engaged them, and and maybe that was just a combination of things. Maybe the power wasn't as there. It's still there, but not the way it was in the first fight. And at the same time, Canelo said, "I can't do what I did in the first fight. I got to give this guy a fight, and if I have to take it, I'll take it. It just wasn't there for Triple G to knock him out." Right or for him to feel anything, right? So which was allowing Canelo to engage with them and stay with them. Well, so you're right. Combination so I, too, but like I said, his defense too. So as many shots that Canelo took from Triple G, we can agree that Triple Canelo's defense is great. I'm not saying Mayweather great, but in the current crop of fighters, he's probably one of the best defensive fighters. He's, in the got, game. he's got good head I don't, movement. I don't know who's between him and Lomachenko. I know Lomachenko just lost to Teofimo, you know. But before that fight, I, I would say those two were the best defensive fighters. Uh, this top two, top three, maybe. I mean, I know that I'm. There's someone who's like, "Yo, who, you forgetting somebody?" I know I'm probably forgetting someone, but defense wise, Canelo showed it. Shows yeah. he's one of the best. Yeah. And yeah. so, like you're saying that he 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 stood in the pocket and he knew that he can slip and slide and dodge a lot of those punches. I'm just saying that Triple G's last prime was that first fight. I I, I tend to agree with that one. I, like I said, I'm not. And I'm saying his best days are, oh, he's going to have great fights. He is still a great fighter. I don't want people to listen to this saying, man, this dude don't know what the hell he's talking about. No, he is still a great fighter. Just because you're out of your prime does not mean you can't give good fights and you can't beat people. I'm just saying that the man that we saw bulldoze people for six, seven years when he came out of the HBO scene was like 2012. Mm -hmm. We're not seeing that guy anymore. He's going to be good. We're just not seeing that guy that can land a not clean shot in the top of your head and you're knocked out conscious. I, 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 Father Time hits 
every fighter certain points in their career, and it happened. Yeah. And it happens. It doesn't mean he's not a great, he's not a great fighter. It just means that the style that he comes forward with all the time, Mexican style, is if the power's not there, that Mexican style is going to leave you set up to take some punches that you shouldn't be taking. Exactly. Right. So if you're taking a, if the intent of Mexican style is to take a punch to deliver your one-two punches, that man, I worked this time against a Canelo, the second fight, and definitely wouldn't work the first third fight. So at some point. I'm wondering if Triple G makes a change, makes an alteration to a oh, fight plan, a subtle change. He's already something. changed trainers. He, uh, him, and um, Abel Sanchez uh, parted yep. ways. Yep, and that ended badly. I, it, um, money messes everything up. Yep, money messes everything up. Abel, I don't know. We don't know the inner workings of the fallout. I, one thing I do know is that Abel's been very vocal. He has been complimentary of Triple G up into the point to their fallout. Mm -hmm. He did mention that Triple G didn't want to pay him. Yep, money was an issue. And, and and that's messed up, though. Like, the guy who helped you when you first got to the States, I'm not trying to bag on Triple G. I mean, who knows that there's there's the, um, there was a situation that made him say, I need to make this change anyway, right? But the irony and the timing of it were that this is a man who guided you everywhere up to the point of your first loss and everybody knows you didn't lose that first fight to Canelo right mm -hmm. so I look it up to that first fight you know I didn't think he, he I, I still look at him still undefeated because you know guys get robbed all the time yep but when it came to the, the zone contract he did not want to cut 10% of that 100 million dollar deal you know remember he was in HBO he was making what two to four or five million a fight mm -hmm. you know then of course he had the pay-per-views with canelo made a good chunk of money but paying 10 percent of three million is one thing mm -hmm. paying 10 percent of 100 million is another and hey i understand why triple g won the pocket that i'll pay someone else and i don't gotta pay him 10 percent. i'm triple g now baby uh how about you take a couple hundred thousand to train me you know exactly. what I'm saying? Uh, any trainer be like all right or hey five hundred thousand but hey man business, business is cruel yeah, business is cruel. Um, Abel Sanchez is a great trainer. Um, it's sad that they end up parting ways, and maybe, maybe, maybe Triple G saw something there. Maybe not. The money's one thing, and maybe the, that help escalate or accelerate the. But I will departure. say though, we're seeing since no Abel Sanchez these last couple of fights, we do see a different age. Of course, we just mentioned a few moments ago. You don't have the same trainer you've had for like the last ten years, and I'm saying that you don't look the same. Those two combination of things. He looked the same with Abel in the second fight. I mean, I mean, his power wasn't there. So to me, that wasn't so much that Abel wasn't training him well for that second. I think the power wasn't there anymore. I mean, if Triple G felt like he can't fight that way anymore, because maybe he saw that he had no power no more, or the power wasn't there for the second fight, he just he's fighting to be, I think, at this point in his career to honor the contracts that he signed up to. So he's going to fulfill them. And I think he's going to take, you know, take the, you know, he's already signed. He's already got the money. So he's going to just fulfill him. And I think by the time the, the last fight happens on the zone, he's done. He's going to retire in the sunset. And I think that's it. Um, no matter what happens, when, when, and if Triple G does fight Canelo again, he's probably going to lose that fight convincingly to Canelo. Let's transition then. Let's transition. Finally, then we're done Triple G fight. That, yeah, that, that was garbage. We gave, we gave Triple G a lot more love. I thought we were going to give him a lot more love. I, I mean, I'm not saying we don't love him. I'm saying that fight was not was not. I didn't well, think we were going to talk. Think about it, we didn't talk much about the fight. We it, talked it, about it, everything outside. No, no, we talked more than I thought I was going to talk more about. Not about there. the fight, though. Again, everything else outside of that that fight. That fight sucked. We agreed on that. Yeah. Everything else before that we still talked about, 
and what we think might happen in the road. So let's get to the bolts of why we're upset at each other. You upset at me. I'm not upset at you. We had the the little meeting and you're you 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 called me out. I called you on that bullshit score that you had. That's what you did. It was not bullshit. Three judges saw it differently. I don't care. Three real judges. Judges are are horrible. Especially in Texas and Vegas. If you were a judge at that day, you were horrible too. No, I saw who won. By by, by the way, people. (laughs) Triple G was Friday night. So Saturday night, on the zone as well, we had Canelo Alvarez against Caleb Smith. And uh, Caleb Smith had a bad night. Caleb Smith fought a dumb game plan. Yeah, he did. He fought a dumb game plan, and I put it on his trading staff and Caleb Smith himself. So, people, we want to educate people who did not watch the fight or are not aware of Caleb Smith against Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez is 5'8", and they're fighting at 168. Caleb Smith had an 8-inch height advantage and an 8-inch, almost 8-inch reach advantage. Hear me again, folks. 8-inch height advantage, 8-inch reach advantage. And you're 5'9"? 5'8". Five 5'8". Eight. Five eight. What do you have to ask, you know, basically do to get to a man's head? You literally have to get off your damn feet. Mike Tyson's punch out. Little, what was that, Little Mac? Oh, hell yeah, that was Little Mac. That was all the, you, there was Canelo. People, that was the fight last that night. That was the fight. If you are a Mike Tyson punch out fan, it doesn't matter who you're fighting against. Was Soto Popinski. So what about Popinski is the right person yes, to talk about? That, Somebody that, tall. Hey, I, that just first really came to my head. Great I was going to think, yeah, you know, with the long head, and, you know. Hey, Caleb Smith is six foot three with a seventy-eight inch reach. That's almost equivalent to Deontay Wilder's reach. So Canelo Alvarez was fighting a guy almost a heavyweight reach. Exactly. And heavyweight frame, not the weight, but heavyweight frame. Like he's oh, he's, yeah. he's lined up I'm for heavyweight shocked. down the road. I am shocked that at his size, he's fighting at one sixty-eight. And they were saying after the telecast that he probably going to one seventy-five, which I think would be a lot. Better for him at his size for him to hydrate and to put those pounds necessary to absorb better punches and to be more active. And hopefully he's a little bit stronger. But I mean, to me, at 168, that power wasn't there. So to me, if you put on to the right amount of muscle, on your, the right amount of weight, the right type of weight on your body, he should be a stronger fighter at light heavyweight. And again, he's got a heavyweight frame, folks. He's, he's going to get there at some point in his career. I mean, so, I mean, I think he could be a cruiserweight at six three and seventy inch reach. He's he's young. He's a young enough fighter still in his career that he I would I could see him in his heavyweight division still like in the early later parts of his prime. Say around thirty two, he could probably be at heavyweight doing a couple fights there. So let's get to the details here, people. Um, three two judges scored it one nineteen one oh nine. So that's eleven rounds to one. Yeah. The other judge scored it. Uh, 117, 111, which means that that was nine rounds to three. Which is what I had it as. Full transparency, people. Anybody who knows me knows that I have never, have not been the biggest Canelo Alvarez fan over the years. I was telling Jorge a story that he knows very well. He's him know me over the years. Yep. With, with my dad in Vegas. You know what? I will say that I am not a Canelo Alvarez fan for years because of Canelo Alvarez fans. Yeah, I yelled it out. Canelo Alvarez fans, you guys suck. I almost got my ass whooped in Vegas. Say it with your chest. Say it with my chest. Me and my pops almost got our ass whooped in Vegas. You know why? Because he lost to Floyd. Not because I was talking crap. Not because I was the other black people at the Mayweather fight. I was in Vegas and they were running up the stand. Hey, hey, you know, 
Mayweather fans said, we, they going to gloat. We going to gloat. I wasn't gloating. And you know what y'all did after the fight? Man, y'all want to beat every black man that was in Vegas. So I say, I do not like Canelo Alvarez fans. But I respect Canelo. Yeah, I, I, I kind of took that another. Took it up a notch. I don't think you guys were expecting that. Um, no, I was I, expecting it. We talked. We pre-gamed. Right, I, I, knew, I knew you were. I, gotta go, I need to go through my, uh, my steps here. You know how they say recovery. Maybe I need to. Admitting you have a problem is the first step to recovery. But the problem is the fans. That's, that's a different step for them they have to address. But you, <laughs> my friend, needed to get that off your chest. And you know yeah. what? Admitting that you had that problem, you've been, you've been holding that in for a bit. I mean, we had that talk years <laughs> ago when that fight happened. Hey, and that fight happened in 2013. Exactly. So this, is, this, is, this was in seven years, folks. Seven years this man's been holding this, yeah. this, this anger. This, this, yeah. He needed to get this out. And so, this, this is the right format for it. So bravo. Bravo, so David. I say that, all that to say, I scored the fight 12-0 to for Canelo. <laughs> And that's because you're an unbiased judge of boxing. But at the end of the day. But you got mad at me for thinking those rounds should have went to Smith. You were like, three Dang. rounds. Come on. Three I'm damn a, I, I, I want to let you talk. I want to I let you get your rant off. But oh, I'm going to let him the, get his rant off. People. There's no point to give me my rant off. Three rounds. I said, first round. First round. You could have gave it to Smith. You could have. I could have gave it to Smith. And I didn't give it to Smith. I gave it to Canelo. He didn't deserve it. Ugh. You know what? He didn't deserve it. Second round, he deserved it. Yeah, you know what, though? To beat the champ, you got to beat the champ. And you know, though, I don't care if Smith was the champion, Canelo's the champion. He is the champ. I don't care, like, if, you know, he had a secondary title. In boxing, guys like Canelo is the champion even without the belt. So, him being the A-side, you got to beat him. And I'm saying that Caleb came into the fight and he wasn't ready to he beat didn't, him. He didn't beat him. He didn't beat him in any of those rounds. But he beat him to the point where he at least got three rounds, which is the reason why he scored it, like one of the other judges One. Did. The other two judges scored it 11-1. And, 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 and I, you know why? They felt bad for him. They only gave him. That's why they gave him one round. I didn't feel bad for Smith. I'm going to yell on this podcast. Smith sucked last night. I agree. He had a 70-inch reach. He was Smith six freaking sucked. three. And you know what? He threw what? He landed 55 what freaking jabs. What did I text you? What did I text you? Manuel Stewart rolling in his grave. He was rolling in his grave because he knows exactly what to do with a fighter like that. Anybody who knows height and knows how to take use the advantages to your, your metrics to your advantage would have used those metrics. But it's funny. You don't need a Manuel Stewart for that. You Anybody with common sense takes that 8-inch height, 8-inch reach, and you say, let's do it. Let's fight on the outside. Let's jab him to death and make him, make him, make him come in. Make him chase me for 12 Damn rounds. Eat that jab. As many jabs. If you're the man that threw the most jabs in the division, you rolled the record. 800. 800 jabs in a freaking fight. You should have. Not told people. That's, I'm, we talked about, he brings up a serious point. He didn't throw 800 punches in a fight. He threw 800 jabs. 800 one, jabs. One punch. His left jab. He threw that uh, 800 times in a single fight. We're not counting the hooks. We're not counting shots of the body. We're not counting crosses. No power not, punches. No All power. jabs. So you're telling me for Canelo, you couldn't get up for half of those? You couldn't do 400 jabs? You couldn't, do, you couldn't jab this man. Use he, your metrics on the outside. You know what, Piss though? me off. But you know what, though? That leads to another point. Just how damn good Canelo is, and his defense. There's, I mean, there's other factors, but we know that 
Canelo has a good defense that held him to under 400 punches thrown in a fight. That is Mayweather status. When that you see guys who average six, 700 punches in a fight, and all of a sudden they're throwing 350 to 400 punches. That is the... Here's one thing, here's one thing I was talking about earlier. The superstar treatment. Even though it was, it was in San Antonio, they had fans there. What I was talking about is that there is another X factor in fighting the guy. The aura of that guy. Like Floyd has that. Manny has that. You know, um, there was a time Roy Jones had that. Yep. Mike Tyson had that. You know, I mean, even though they were boring, the Klitschko brothers had that. You came in a ring and you know that if you was in Wembley with the 70,000. You're eating a jab. You're eating a jab and you're getting out early. Yeah. You know, so there's guys in the division, not division, in the, in the sport, that if you're not the champ, and you're trying to knock off the champ, and your mind is not there, you lost before you got in the ring. And the point I'm saying is that Caleb Smith lost before he even stepped foot in the ring because of the fact, like you said, he had the wrong game plan. So that game plan was in place prior to walking to the ring. Maybe he had a game plan and Canelo beat it out of him by the round one. Who knows? But whatever game plan it was, we didn't see it. Or if he had it, it didn't work. And he was not ready for the event. The commentary as as crappy as it was. Oh lord. The the the, the for the handful of for the handful of <sighs> they made maybe a handful. I say My one handful hand. of points. We'll get to the commentary yeah, yeah, eventually. Yeah. Save you. that for the end of yeah, the show. Save that, save that. But for the handful, and I say handful of points, if that, that they were on point with is describing his style of fighting in the past. And one of the things that they couple of things that they mentioned was he likes to fight short, which is stupid at 6'3". Right. So when you have a 6'3 fighter, I'm a tall guy, guys. I'm six feet two. If I'm bending a fight, my my knees to fight low on purpose. Actually, this our comparison, your height and my height is the exact comparison of Caleb Smith and Canelo Alvarez. Exactly. I'm about five seven five, five seven and a half, five eight. You're six two. Mm-hmm. If we weigh the same out like the this us here, exactly. if we put the gloves on, that is the fight. Exactly. That means that I gotta cut off your longer reach and then your height to get inside to do everything that Canelo did last night. And Canelo, you see his left arm? He was basically hitting he's using his body to be winky right at that point. He was basically looking winky rightish on the right arm and left arm there. He was getting hit there. I know I jumped the, I jumped ahead, people, but if you get a chance, Google Caleb Smith's left arm, which is his jab arm. So that's another reason why he didn't. I believe his bicep broke. It was. Bur- it, they mentioned that he made ruptured during the rupture fight. or a muscle, yeah. something like that. So it looked really ugly. It, that Eddie left Hearn arm mentioned around the between rounds two and four that it may have been ruptured, a muscle, whatever, something happened. It, it, I think even in the post commentary, they even mentioned that it ruptured because his arm definitely did not look like a healthy arm anymore. But Canelo said to this credit in uh, the post-fight uh, interviews that that was part of the game plan. Even though if I was not landing clean punches, my game plan was to land shots on his arm because I wanted to cut his reach off. Yeah, I wanted to cut his jab off. And it looked like he had a second bicep on his arm. There was a lot of swelling. Oh, my God. So it, was, so it was Popeye arms. Popeye arms in the worst way possible. Worst way. And, and, and again, folks, I mean, the rant... I don't give a shit. That was justified. Me and David have talked for years, joked about it. We talked for years about getting into ring and just sparring and stuff. And we've had jokes with this. 
and Bill McGee, great co-worker of ours, <laughs> Bill McGee. Co-worker, yeah. Would actually, That's why I got those gloves for us to spar. Exactly. He would actually laugh at this because he knew exactly what was going to happen. Here comes David. Let's get in the ring. Let's get in the ring. And we talked the game plan out. We even talked it out loud. We knew exactly what we were going to do. If I'm telling David I'm just going to jab the shit out of you Death, and you're going to come inside, that was the game plan. I'm going to make you chase me, which is exactly if I'm Caitlin says, what the F are you doing? Make the guy come after you. To David's point, he came into the ring already defeated, mentally defeated. You got a great minute, right? Yeah. Because he came in mentally defeated. I'm not going to disagree Because we both observed the exact same thing in round one, people, when we saw Canelo start cutting the distance but didn't throw any punches. And Cato Smith allowed him to come inside. The footwork was excellent. Oh, my God. That, like, that, that's this is the boxing nerd stuff that we were texting each other. He's like, I saw that, too. Literally, Canelo was getting in space, and he was he's already short, so he's looking up like this, if you see on a video. He's yep. like this. But Smith is not throwing. Like Smith looked shocked that the number one, the number one pound pound fighters in the world would come into your airspace and just look at you and not throw a punch. He was like, he was shook. Remember, you saw he's like he he didn't know what to do. He's like, do I throw it or this? Is I this, was mad as hell that he didn't throw a punch. I was mad that he didn't, that he allowed him to get there without any without any recourse. Right? He, he looked at it like he he thought Canelo was setting traps and didn't know what to do. He overthought. I, I will say to some degree, he over freaking thought. Which at the end of the day, boxing sometimes guys is just really simple. And if you, again, eight inch height, eight inch reach. It doesn't get any more simpler than that. Make him chase you. I don't, I don't, I, at the end of the day, you make a guy that short chase you around. Mm-hmm. Damn his defense. Damn his footwork. Damn everything you hear great about Canelo. Make him chase you. Again, guys who are this tall, listen to me. Any future boxing fighters, any fighters out there, if you're that effing tall, use your damn reach. Piss me off. And that's a PSA from Jorge for tall fighters over six I'm feet six tall. foot damn two. I'm going to make you chase me. What the hell are you doing? And that's a PSA from Jorge again. If you're six foot tall and you're a boxer, <sighs> fight like you're six foot two. Don't fight like you're five seven. Fucking fight, man. Fight the right way. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. So I scored a 12 0. <sighs> with the scores that the judges had, it, I, I, I get your point on it. And I just... the reason why I, this is the very first fight that I ever gave Canelo every single round for the diatribe I said earlier about how I feel about Canelo. For you to see me when last night, let me ask this question. When you saw that I scored it 12-0, were you thinking, is Dave messing with me? Or did Dave really think that Canelo won 12 straight rounds? I'm going to be honest, folks. I'm a, I'm a, and anybody who saw it was with me playing dominoes and watching the fight. And they're all going to be listening to the same podcast. I mentioned it to my friend Juan. You were doing this shit on purpose. You wanted this fucking debate. You wanted this debate for this damn show. This was like pre-work for the pre-game for the show, don't give me that shit. I know this. I know you for a long time. We've been talking about having some nice debate about Y'all a fight. See my face on video, people. He knows. He knows. I know this man. I know this man. No, 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 no. You set me up for this shit. You got me in here worked up for this. Hey, shit we gotta too. hope. We gotta hope the curse for barn burner. I appreciate. It. So let's 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 temper that for a second. But <sighs> barn burner. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. But I did not do it to temper you. I really thought. I'm on the line of the two judges. They scored 11 to 1. The one round that they saw, yep. 
I did not think that Caleb did anything to win the, that round. I'm I, there's four. We were we were going back and forth, back and forth about scoring, how it's subjective in boxing. It's it's weird, you know. Like you have defense, you have uh, ring generalship, you have effective punching, and uh, was it ring generalship? I can't remember the fourth one. I always get that effective punching, accurate punching, uh, defense, and ring generalship. And I think there's one more thing that goes into play after round one. And when I was talking about how. Caleb Smith came in the ring, looked defeated. I don't care if you see, like I said, scoring is so subjective, right? I don't care if you'd even throw more punches in the round. What did those punches do to impact that round, the other fighter that you're fighting against, and the fight in general? Anybody can throw 100 punches in the round. How effective are they, right? So if you throw 100 punches and it keeps the other guy from throwing no punches, oh, yeah, you won that fight because that's ring generalship and you dictated the fight. And a sense, your offense is defense because you made the other guy not fight. Just using that example, right? Sure. I did not see in the three rounds that the one judge gave or the one round that the other two judges gave that the punches landed on Caleb Smith did anything to deter the fight or that round. I felt that the punches that Canelo landed, the pace that he dictated, the defense that he did in those rounds won those rounds for me because I didn't see any any punch that Caleb Smith landed in those rounds that did any damage, that was not effective, that did not change Canelo, his his game plan or his fight. It did not make him say, oh, oh, wow, he got power. I mean, let me, let me do this here. No, every punch was like, okay, I'm going to keep coming in, head movement, boom, 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 uppercut, jab, jab. Caleb, only to when Caleb Smith threw punches and bunches, it was for his life to get out of harm's way because he was getting his ass whooped. So I'm gonna let, I'm gonna hand it to you because you, man, you you were mad at me. Yeah, man. You know? you but like- I feel that if you didn't beat the man in that round, you don't deserve the ten points. I would agree with that if Caleb wasn't a champion and it wasn't a bum. He came in as the ring champion of the middleweight, super middleweight division, and he had a, he had a title belt. So I forget which belt it was that he had. But in any case, the first two rounds I felt were still feeling rounds. They're still trying to feel through. Like to me, the action didn't really pick up until four. And I, th- I felt like the fifth round, I think it was one round. So my point is, like, the fifth to- round, I started taking a say, this don't look good. Remember I said that? Yeah, there was one round where I know you were, you sent me texts like, like, this don't look, look good. No, 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 but not, no, there was a text where I, I scored it for Smith and you were like, huh? Yeah. And, and the reason I scored it for that is because at the end of the day, it's a 12 round fight. And every once in a while, a fighter is going to take this foot off the gas a little bit, right? Not so much take or take as take a round off. You know, that's like the term they'll use, like some of the announcers will use. Not take a round off, but he definitely took the gas off, foot off the pedal for a little bit. And I said, okay, that's the only round I'm going to give Smith. After that, it was all Canelo, right? So you joked with me. You like, you looked at me like I was crazy and shit. But after that, it was all Canelo after that. Those are the three rounds. After that. It- no, you gave one round to Canelo. Third round, I was like, what are you, what are you watching? I mean, the earlier rounds... I might. Second round I gave to Smith. It was 2-1 by the third round. I still have all of our texts when we're looking at the scoring on that one. So it was 2-1, I felt, by the end of the third round, Canelo was up. I thought it was first round Canelo, second round Smith, third round Canelo. And then I think there was one more, I think maybe there was a fourth that I gave Smith. I think it was 2-2 by the fifth. And after that, one more round after that, and they were done. The rest Mm -hmm. rest was history. It was 7-1 the rest of the way. Again, I'm not disagreeing on how how his approach to the fight came. I'm just going to go based on what I saw for that round. And and maybe I wasn't looking at it for 
effective punching well not effective punching, but looking trying to judge power right because to me that's a subjective view right mm -hmm. if something looks fast and looks like it's hitting hard that's my point of view right did it look that that's more like your point of view is that it did look harder coming from canelo maybe a certain punch oh, certain was. when you, when your head snaps that's the harder I, shot i don't disagree <laughs> but but maybe but if that's the only punch say like an uppercut for example was the only effective punch that i felt that canelo threw even though he threw other punches and Smith was throwing, I think, some effective punches as well, then that's – they don't always have to snap the head back, but they at least be able to land. And if they see that they land, if I'm seeing the sweat come off, that's where I was like, okay, I can give that one to Smith. So I scored in 9-3, and at least one of the judges at least made me feel like I was sane and I was seeing it the right way. No, I felt like – I was on the board of the other two judges. They, you, I, they I, felt 11-1. I said 12-0. So technically – You were right. Two judges felt almost identically me. The one judge was on you. I had two judges like, yo, we just giving them a round, just be giving them a round early. So let's just – I was not giving Caleb any credit. Like, here like, – for our fans here to notice, I mentioned this all before we started here. You can land – let's say if everything was even – Ring generalship was even. Defense was even. Everything. But let's say if Caleb Smith landed 10 jabs and Canelo landed three power shots that, that hurt him, and the 10 jabs was just range finding. I'm giving the three power, three or four power shots to Canelo win that round if everything is even compared to the 10 jabs that Caleb Smith's going because those punches did more damage than those 10 jabs. Now, don't get it twisted now. I, we've been to fights, and jabs hurt. Mm -hmm. That's the most underrated thing I will say. I don't want people to think that I don't know anything about boxing. You know, this is one skit like Kevin Hart did. And he was making fun of Mayweather and his late uh, uncle Roger. Y'all know nothing about boxing. You know, they was, yeah, they I remember that shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> that skit was funny. Yeah. So I don't want anybody to think that jabs do not hurt. But Caleb Smith's jabs that he threw in those rounds did not do anything to Canelo. And the punches that Canelo landed made that bicep look like two Popeye biceps on there and made him look beat up. So, fault me all you want. I saw the, the fact that I'm not a Canelo fan, but I respect him and gave him 12 rounds, should tell you how I felt about that fight and how I, and how I viewed it. Because you know in the past, like, how is David giving 12 rounds and he's really believing this? If I was just effing with you, like, oh, yeah, he was doing this for the show. I am still holding on to it. I'm scoring it 12-0, and I'm still sticking with 12-0, and I've never scored a 12-0 fight ever. Why would you pull your guns back now? And, and, and truth be told, as you've been talking this whole time, I'm kind of smirking in my head because I just keep thinking about that Kevin Hart skit. So that, that's all. It's in my head right now. Uh, believe me, I want to just laugh my ass because I can replay it in my head. It was funny as hell. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. We're nitpicking the fight. We both agree that 9-3, 11 one 12-0. Canelo agree that won. Canelo won the fight. He's Moose. the man. Can we agree? He's the man. He's the man at that division. No, and he is the man. He's the man because I think there isn't much left in anywhere else in boxing right now where he fights, which now leads us up to the two. No, I'm saying he's the man pound for pound. Pound for Overall, because he started at 147 in his career. Didn't do much, but that was his early career. 154, he lost to Mayweather, but after Mayweather, he was the man at 154. He unified titles. We talk about being Laura, being Trout. Mm -hmm. He went to 160. He, even though controversy, he still is the man at 160. He won the belts. He's beating guys. He's now the man at 168 now. He had a secondary title last year when he beat Rocky Felden. I don't count secondary titles. It's nice to have the belt in your little collection, like how I got my one little belt here, but I don't count that. Now he's an official uh, 168 champion. 
He beat Kovalev. Kovalev may be long in the two, but it's an official 175 title. So we have seen Canelo in 10 years run four divisions, and he's still in his prime right now. The only people that I say that you can make an argument for is Terrence Crawford. Um, I'm not putting Lomachenko in there because he got beat down by um, TFM Lopez. We got to talk about him in another episode because he's crying like a little baby right now. So I can't even put him up in that mix. That's right a now. story. That's a story we'll have to cover yeah. for another episode. But uh... but honestly, pound for pound, Terrence Crawford and Canelo Alvarez, the guys who've been in the game almost close to ten years in multiple divisions and still going strong in their prime right now. Yeah, no, I. I mean, there's there's many people in the top ten. I'm just saying, like for me, it's those two. I think right now there's a lot of fighters that are still from say maybe the last, you know, they were still around from like they're, they're great. Last championship runs and stuff like that. So, like you mentioned, Kovalev, right? Long in the tooth and stuff. Um, and and so this even Triple G to to a point, right? That second fight, he he showed his age a little bit in that second fight. But not pound for pound. I never considered Triple G pound for pound out there a couple of years ago. I'm talking about pound for pound. Like it doesn't matter if you're 118 or you're at your Fury at 270. Canelo pound for pound. Seeing him last night, a year off, COVID did not look like he had a year off. Terrence Crawford, same thing a few months ago when he fought. I know he fought, no, not about a month and a half ago, give or take. I know he fought Kell Brook. You can't control who's in the ring with you. All you can do is control how you dispatched him. Like I said about Triple mm-hmm. G and how I felt a certain type of way. Canelo dispatched Caleb Smith. He dispatched him. Terrence Crawford dispatched Kell Brook. Now, anybody else, in, I mean, you can easily put Errol Spence in, the, in uh, pound for pound. He's only been at 147, but he's beating guys who he's beating guys. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, it's subjective pound for pound. I'm just saying that Canelo's performance is kind of argue to say he's no more than second on pound for pound. And I'm saying he's one. On paper, if I look at strictly on paper only, I'm not going to disagree with you. He's number one. He's up at number one pound for pound on, on paper. Right? I know I've been a big fan of him, people, for me to say no, this. No, no, no. So, but again, I think if it's you... It's respect. Exactly. But at some point, you know, if, you, if you're really digging deep, and at that point, if you're having to dig deep... You're nitpicking a couple fights here and there, and mainly two fights for me. So at the end of the day, on paper, he's number one, mm-hmm. period. If you're not looking at paper, it's it, it, it's objective, but he's definitely no less than two. So he holds the cards now. He can do whatever he wants. He's a promotional free agent, and he's the money man division. He has created himself to be the Mexican Mayweather. Yeah, basically. And and, and, and by even though he lost to Mayweather. His loss was a win because he, even though it has a loss in the record, it was probably the best fight he ever could have. He well, he learned the way. He definitely he, learned the way. He learned the way business wise, and he learned the way how he got master class in there. And he has taken so many pointers from Floyd. He may not be as flashy, as athletic as him, but Floyd's DNA is written in Canelo's fight. He day. took he took an L to basically learn how to fight the rest of the way moving forward in your career. And uh, basically, how to run your own business. I look at that. Maybe with a fight, he went to college. Like how LeBron didn't go to college, but they say he went to Miami those four years. And now it's his four years in college, being with Dwayne Wade because Cleveland yep. gave him everything he wanted. And then when he left Miami, coming out to Cleveland, it's like he was a new man. Yep. The Mayweather fight for Canelo was college. Basically. You know, he was beating everybody. You know, of course, he had some old guys like Shane Mosley. You know, they, they you know, spoon him. You know, and then there's other guys. He was working his way up. He was good looking, redhead. You know, ladies loved him. But. Getting that Mayweather fight at that, was he 23? He was a ginger kid at the time. He was a ginger kid. 23. 
he is not the fighter he is if he don't get that fight at 23. He gets that fight at 28. Who knows? He he may fall off. He gets that check and he's winning all this. He's already got 50 fights and he's like, ah, I'm just going to I'm gonna be like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ruiz. And I'm gonna eat beans and pork beans and rice and steaks and, uh, you know, and tamales and, and kick it in Mexico. No. And that's Andy Ruiz we're talking about, Andy folks. Andy Ruiz. Yeah, sorry, folks. Sorry, sorry, sorry. God, I'm talking so much here. A lot of boxing. A lot of boxing. But Canelo took that loss, hungry, and he's great. Yep. So he has nothing but options now. So let's name off some fighters here as we're getting close to the end of the show here. We got a few minutes here. So let's talk about the guys who's next for him. So. We start off the show with Triple G. We all know that that third fight is looming sometime down the line. The zone has told Triple G that they will pay out the Wahoo for that fight. Canelo's like, I fought the dude twice. I won twice. You know, that's how he feels like. I won twice. I don't want to do He does just see. I, I, I think most fighters' opinions, most casual fans, and then most boxing fans who watch the fight would say, he's running away from that third fight. I... I told you this. I texted you last night. I've said this many times. Uh, they will fight. Triple G and you know, it will, will fight. happen. But it will the happen. The money be too good. But not so much the money because there are still a lot of casual fans who still buy into the names of Triple G oh, yeah. and Canelo at that point. But That's, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. Because of that, Triple G being the B-side, the money is there. Exactly. So, but at, my, my, at the end of the day, when I texted you last night, I'm telling you this right now, they're fighting when he's 40. When, Canelo, when Triple G hits 40, that's when they'll fight. It won't be when he's 30. Right now he's well, 38. When he's 39 next year in April, they're not going to fight. That's happening soon, though, because I said Triple G be 39 in April. So, in hit note, though, I mean, at the end of the day, we talked about this, but we didn't record this. This is boxing gamemanship here. He learns from Mayweather. He he is running the clock out. And at the end of the day, when history you know, breaks down the records, you know, I'm whenever the fight happens, I think Canelo's going to win. Now. I mean, especially at the last night's fight and in the way that Triple G, we mentioned how he's looked recently. And then, like I said, that second fight by him being in the phone booth with him. Whenever it happens, let's say they do it in Cinco de Mayo, or if they do it September next year, or if it, if, like I said, 40. So that means like um, May, 22. May 2022. I don't care if it's happening in any of those dates. I say that Canelo's winning now. At this point in the game right now, it's going to be a competitive fight, but no one's going to make me put money on Triple G at this point in the game right now. The only money was that first fight. The money, if the fight had happened, if the third fight had happened immediately after the second fight, I still think Triple G is more game at that point. And oh, yeah. And probably still if working. If it happens right away, and yes. And probably still working with Abel at that but point. But that's why I said that he went to the Mayweather School of Gamesmanship. And, and, he, that's, and that's why, for my, for my money, and I like to keep an eye on my money, and I love boxing, but I will be definitely trying to catch. I'm hoping somebody else I know pays for that fight because I'm not paying for that fight. Okay. So we got Triple G. Then we got... <sighs> the guy we were just talking about who they had on the zone last night, uh, Demetrius Andrade. Oh, uh, do we really need to talk uh, about that? Oh, God. Um, people, um, if you watch the post-fight interview, if you folks. you see me here, um, he he made himself worse last night. I mean, people. He made an ass out of himself, really. Let me, let me just say this here. If you're a boxing fan, even if you're a boxing fan, there's probably a good chance you'll know who Demetrius Andrade is. That's how low-level. He, he's a good fighter. No name recognition. He's made a lot of bad business decisions, especially his promotional outfits. You know, signed, had one contract with one company. Then he ended up signing with Rock Nation, you know, and that didn't work out. And he was on the shelf forever. But I can talk. I can, I can literally talk about another episode about him. But last night, I'm, I'm really I'm rubbing my eyes right now because it was embarrassing. The way he was. I know boxers get head in, get head in the head a lot. That's their job. Mm-hmm. But 
for him to use the analysis that he used to justify him fighting Canelo, if I was Canelo, I'd look at him like he's a joke. And and uh, I, see I don't care if you got a belt. You you have a belt, and I don't even care about your belt. He That's a, how joked he looked last night in his commentary. He did a really bad job selling himself. And and I'll, and I'll say this, too. like, And this goes back to the commentary as well. The entire commentary. They're talking about pre-fight, during the fight, after the fight. Uh, the commentary is uh, very, very much lackluster. It sucks. It yeah. just really, really, really sucks. So at the end of the day, when Andrade's kind of making an ass out of himself with the help of uh, the zone uh, host there, who's also kind of making an ass out of himself, I mean, the two together didn't look good to me. The discussion didn't look good to me. It looked childish and petty, but I'm also just looking at a fighter who's supposed to be selling himself, and I think he did a really bad job selling himself. You just, certain things you say you just don't mention. And when yeah. you have to look at a good fighter like Canelo's resume and bring up his past fights from super from junior middleweight and basically try to, try to prove a point from, from there. From three divisions down and seven years ago. Exactly. Like, I, and I, then I, don't even have – I'm sorry to cut you off. And don't even have the correct history when talking about these fighters. I know we're close on time here. Real fast. He talked about Arizona Lara, who at the time was, if not one or two – at 154 behind him and Floyd. Like when Floyd, because Floyd never really campaigned 154, he got the belts and made the money when he fought. Laro was a dangerous 154 fighter. I don't even even count Floyd in the 154. He did it for the money because that was his stature. He could fight anybody. Yeah, he got up and left after that. Yeah, exactly. So you're looking at at 154, it was Canelo, Trout, and Laura seven years ago. And then Andrade is just going off on that, naming names like in your argument, you just named the name and no, no context on it. That's horrible TV commentary. Then he just started naming other names that made no sense. Like, oh, you fight me. I'm a buzz. I got a belt. I'm what's up. Like, and then he just, he, he sound incoherent and he started yelling stuff out and he was cutting the other announcers off by throwing names that didn't even make any sense. What was annoying for me is because I've seen Evers Lunder fight. We've both seen Evers Lunder fight. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the most avoided guys at 154 for no a reason. Them. Yeah. And Oscar tried to keep him from fighting him. Canelo yep. and Canelo's like no you my promoter I don't care you work for me I'm taking this fight that's why I respected him when he got that split decision when he took the fight I respected him it was you know, a split like- decision win that that's a tough fight for Canelo because Erez Lundy Lara is a tough he's a yeah. difficult fighter to fight against he's got a style that's just awkward enough that even Andrade if Andrade has the, had an opportunity to fight him if they were at the same he he might have to think twice about taking that fight because that is not exactly a fight that is going to either look good on your record or you might take the loss anyways because he's, Laura's that good of a fighter, good that good of an awkward fighter. Now, go down the list here. Uh, the two guys who I think, there's a few guys that could probably beat him, but not right now. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, only because he juices. I'm not going to say we're running close on time. We could probably talk about this in another episode, but he's at 168 now and got a WBO belt at 168. And I say that he could be Canelo if he's still juicing. He's been caught, but he got away with it. Guys get get away with it in Europe. But, you know, it happens here in the States, but, you know, it's a little bit different in Europe. But, I mean, he has a possibility if he's dirty. That's why I look at it. He's a good boxer, has a killer jab. You know, he put the brakes on um, – I forgot the Canadian fighter uh, who was a middleweight that Oscar signed from Canada he had for years. I can't even think of his name. David Lemieux. He gave David, David Lemieux, Lemieux, yeah, he David gave Lemieux. Lemieux a beat down a couple years ago. But he juicing. So – I only preface that the same way Big Baby G, uh, Big Baby Jesus, I call him, but Big Baby Miller. Big Baby Davis, exactly. Yeah, you know, you juice and you're going to win. You exactly. Know? You're supposed to win. You're juicing. Yeah, yeah. Jamal, Jamal Charlo. Uh, Charlo would have to go up two weights to 
One, no, he's one sixty. He's one sixty, right? You're right. Yeah. He was at so, so eh. and and he's a big one sixty. He's tall than he's six foot six foot one. He has a bigger frame to kill. He's not like Caleb Smith big, but him and his brother, they it, him making going to one sixty eight is not a problem. That's not I, even, I, that's not even an issue. I, he will take that fight in a heartbeat. That is, I'm not saying that I think that Canelo won the fight now. I think next year, I'm saying fifty five forty five. I mean, no, 50, no, 50, no, I'm, I'm not even going to do that. I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a backtracker. I'm going to say 51, 52, 48 next year. I'm saying Canelo this year. Give him a year, Charlo's going to even that. I really, I feel that strong about Charlo and his body of work that he's done now at middleweight. He was a beast at 154, and he was draining himself at 160. He beat the crap out of the guy, said that Triple G I felt lost to. I think and he's a legit middleweight who could be at 168 because of his size. What's it, what's his age? How old is he? How old is Charlo? I forget. Oh, they're they're like 26, 27. 26, 27. So they're I, young. They're younger than Canelo. So so so, so here's, here's that's why I'm saying another year or so. I, I don't think Canelo fights them. And I and here's here's my point on that part. Maybe I, I, not. I, I, the reason the reason I'm saying is and, and I'm gonna say that's this. That's why it's down the list right now. I didn't name it. I say business from a business point of view, and, and this this applies to both the Charlo and Canelo. I think Canelo avoids them because of his age. I think Charlo. Doesn't get Canelo for that reason, but I think Charlo, if he ever does get Canelo's, when Canelo's already long in the tooth as well. I think it's going to happen only because that the guys I'm mentioning here, because we're running close on time, are the guys, as long as they keep winning, he's going to have no choice but to fight him because he's not going to have any dance partners. And he's a, he's a promotional and free agent. And, and that's the See, only if, thing he, if he was on the zone, I wouldn't be talking about this. But since he's a free agent, he can skip through. So let me just go through this list really fast. So sure. we got Caleb Plant. We know who he is. His PBC. Yeah, Caleb Plan. Yeah. That's that's a Canelo win. That's a Canelo win. I'm not gonna worry. I mean, about but that. for you, you would love that. That's PR in Mexico fight. You know, Caleb. You know, I mean, I know you. You know, you got to support your country, man. Uh, I have to watch Plant to do some research on him as well. Actually, the guy that I'm more interested in is Edgar Berlanga. Yes. That's the guy I'd actually be not more now, in. but give that man a year. That the man is still very young, I, but he's hungry. And, but that, and I uh, want to see him get out of the first round before he fights Canelo. I know he's knocked out people. We, we gotta, we're going on time. I know I've been repeating this here. He's got 16 fights and 16 knockouts all in the first round. Edgar Berlanga, folks. What, Remember that, that name. So, so there's still a couple Puerto Rican guys in that division. Edgar Berlanga is the Remember guy. Remember that I, That's the guy I'm putting money on. That's the guy I'm putting well, yeah. my weight on. A year, I will be ready for that fight in a year. Yes. Only because I want to see him get to the second round. Yep. That's only that. Because Canelo's had over close to 60 fights now. He's only at 16. You need to, I need to see you in the second round before I say you get Canelo. I need to see you in the fifth round. Guys, Edgar Berlanga. Thank That's you. all I got to say. Two of the guys here, Arthur Betterbeev and Dimitri Bivo. Um, they both fight at 168 and 175. Those are two fights that can happen because they bounce back and forth on the zone. Canelo's a free agent. And they're not named brand, but Canelo needs dance partners. So I put them there because there is a possibility by the link of the zone they, and they dance partners. Are, and, and he wants, he said he wants to unify all of those at 168. So if he does that, he has to see these guys. Then, yes, if, if, that's, if that's his goal, then he has to see them. So to that point, we'll put him on the list. But are we ever going to get to the fighter that we talked about pregame? How about this here? We're going to have to end this show. I think we're going to have to talk about that one next episode. You but let me tease it here. Tease it here now. Tease it now. Okay, Errol Spence was at the fight last night, people. He's talking about going from 147 to 160. I said in the previous podcast, the reporter fight, he walks at 190. He's an inch taller than Canelo, and he has, I believe, a two-inch longer reach. So this is a quick teaser before we get off, but Errol Spence, unified welterweight champion, who 
can crack and it doesn't have a soft chin like Amir Khan against Canelo at maybe 162 catch weight? I would hope that if that fight happens, it's at a fight that a weight that Spence can get to comfortably. And I know mean, we talked about the walking around weight and stuff, but still it has to be a fight that he can get the weight he can get to comfortably that he can make it to and survive training camp and, and hopefully that fight happens and stuff. Right. But again, this is, that is Spence is an underdog for that fight. I mean, he will be an underdog. He will be an underdog for that fight because folks, that is two weight classes. He's got to skip to get there. So, but keep that, that, in mind, that means that he don't got to scale back to make that weight, though. If he wins that fight or if he decides to stick around that weight, look, I think as a boxing fan, I wouldn't mind watching that fight. I'm just saying, you, folks, you've seen enough catch weight fights the last several years with Mayweather. It's the, 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 as Personally, as a boxing fan, that annoys the hell out of me. That's why weight classes were invented. Catch weights bug the hell out of me. Yeah. On that note, we're teasing. We will talk about that at the beginning we'll of the next episode. We'll talk about that. So, man, this was great. This was fun. A lot of fun. This hour went by so fast here. So, let me do all the call stuff out that we got to do here. So, you can check us out on YouTube, Boxing Now Podcast. You can check it out on Twitter, on Facebook, Boxing Now. Uh, Jorge, plug what you got to plug. Uh, live underscore dominoes. You're going to find us on Twitch uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, generally at 8 p.m. Uh, for the next two weeks, it will be just Tuesday and Saturday. So when the following New Year starts, all three days, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And also for me, too, as well, check me out on Jump Off Live, my other podcast with Jeremy, John, and Jeff. My fellows, we do that streaming live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and multiple Facebook pages that we have out now. I think we're streaming to like six different destinations now, so you can't miss us. So I'm there as well. So, uh... I have one last thing to say here. Right quick, here. quick, 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 last thing I want to say. My apologies, folks, but Caleb Smith pissed me off last night. Oh, man. Sorry for and, the... I apologize oh, for the vulgarity, oh, yeah. but it pissed me off. Oh, and, and also, too, people, I apologize for the technical difficulties that we're having here building this show out here. I know the camera... One of our cameras is looking off the first two. Well, one camera looked off one episode, and then we only had two cameras up this uh, last episode, so we're back to three. So I just want you to hope that you bear with us here. This is a new thing that we're trying to do here. So a little bit of growing pains, but if you work with me, make sure we're going to work with Any you. Any feedback you guys have, we hate, we take uh, no offense to criticism, to feedback. Any, everything you want to share with us, share with us. We'll definitely look into it and see what we can do to make the show better for you guys. Yeah, so on that note... I have my main man, Jorge, next to me. It's been great as always. Always great, David. I am that dude named Dave, and we'll be back for episode four. But until then, to our boxing fans, we'll be back next time. Stay safe, folks.